that I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Hey everybody, this is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of the Remnant Call. Glad to have you here tonight, and we are excited. We are having uh, Brother Benjamin back on the air. Uh, he has not been on in a little while, but it's not that he hasn't been busy, and you're going to hear about some exciting new things that he's got going on. Just a few quick notes. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear last week's program on... Um, prophecies and mysteries and it's specifically in the book of ruth folks you got to listen because i'm going to be bringing out part two i might release it tomorrow night on friday night uh we may wait till next week but it's kind of burning inside my soul too i want to get that out because the second half that we're going to share it's just mind-blowing and it's not that it's not that what i'm going to say is mind-blowing it's what the lord showed me some years back in this book that absolutely just exploded my brain into the absolute magnitude uh, of God's redemptive power and in, in things that if you didn't hear about it, things that looked illegal, like the marriage between Ruth and Boaz, that's forbidden. The Bible says the Moabite was forbidden for 10 generations to come into the camp of the Lord. How could this happen? How could all these things happen in there? Well, you know what? God had a provision. It's going to blow your mind, so make sure you listen in. If you didn't catch part one, you've got to catch it, because we are going to get into part two, and I'm telling you what, the Lord has a treat in store, because it's going to show you, just like you did me and others, the God is God. This Bible is so intricately interwoven, and the scriptures are so incredibly designed by a creator uh, that is outside the realm of our time that only God could do something like this. And so I'm excited about it. Please re don't forget, keep guests that have been on the Remnant call in prayer, folks. It is for those who are stepping out in the front lines. Uh, Brother Jamie Wald and some others, uh, they get recognized, they get visits, they get people are not always happy uh, when you want to step out and proclaim the good news of Jesus. And, uh, you know, it's these are the day and age when when God's calling us to be bold. And, and to stand up and not be afraid. But you know what? They're going to try to silence us. There will come a day when the remnant call will be taken down, I'm sure, off YouTube. But it's okay because the Word of God is all you need. Start getting it in your mind. Begin to memorize it and allow God to to permeate that into your spirit so that when you don't have the Bible, you can remember and recall these scriptures. Even if you have trouble remembering, trust me, the Lord will bring it back when it is the right time. Well, with that, I'm going to bring on our guest tonight. He's not been on for about two months, but we are excited to have him back. Brother Benjamin, are you here with me? Oh, hey, Frank. Yes, I am here. Well, hallelujah, brother. Glad to have – and listen, Benjamin, I know that even though people – listen, when you're not on, people are like, Frank, where's Benjamin? Where's Benjamin? Where's Benjamin? Okay, folks, he's here. He's here, and he's got some good news. Benjamin, you've not just been sitting around twiddling your thumbs for the last two months. Um, you've got some stuff going on. Tell us about a little sneak peek into what's going on in, in your life right now. Well, it's, it's actually been more than four months, but you know, the time does fly when you're having fun. And uh, what's been going on in my life is I've been uh, sequestered in my prayer loft to a great extent. I've been in a season of uh, repentance, of fasting, of prayer, of diligent searching, studying the Word, and I've been getting tremendous, tremendous downloads from heaven. And I've got a megaton to, to talk about. And at the same time, I've got a team of people helping me create... Um, a much larger presence on the internet for the first time I've got my own YouTube channel Frank which is Benjamin Brooks official and uh, you, you can get there through links on the this remnant call program uh, if you go to YouTube and type in Benjamin Brooks official you might have to search a little bit until we get enough numbers and 
the significance in the, the uh, YouTube sorting system brings us up higher. It might take a little effort to find it, but the webpage is Benjamin Brook Official. I think there is a link on the Remnant Call program. And I'm excited. Yeah. We've got a new website coming out. I'll be on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie Sunday night at 10 o'clock Pacific time. That's 700 syndicated stations here in the U.S., so that'll be, that'll be huge. And, you know, it looks like uh, a whole new season of ministry is about to begin. So I'm very excited. And it's good to be back, and, and I'm excited about tonight's program, The Return. And uh, maybe we should open in prayer and, and go from there. Amen, brother. Praise God. Yes, let's open in prayer. And, Benjamin, since you haven't been on in a while, brother, I'm going to ask that you would open us up in prayer. Absolutely. Thank you. Father, we've all come in Jesus' name. And, Father, the people that have gathered, they've come to hear from you. They've come to hear a ream of word from heaven. Lord, as I used to pray when, when you had me on that national tour, I would say, Lord, I can, I can go and talk to the people for you if you wish, but it's always better when we hear from you. And so, Lord, I ask that you would grace this message with the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Lord, that you would do so for the edification of your people that have tuned in to listen. Lord, we all need to hear from you now. So we, we lift this time up and we ask for your Holy Spirit to come for your rima word of truth to come forth, and that for the ears and the hearts of every one of us, all of the listeners, myself, Frank, every one of us, let our ears be opened, let our hearts be pricked. Lord, let us respond in truth and in righteousness to the admonitions of Scripture that you're bringing forth tonight. We ask all of this in the precious name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for your mercy, for your long-suffering, for your kindness, and for your provision. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Praise God. Well, folks, listen, Benjamin's got a lot to share, but I just want to say about the subscription. Please, I can't express enough how important it is to subscribe to a YouTube channel in order for him to get that ranking to begin to climb. And folks, just a little hint. If you go to YouTube and you type in Benjamin Brook Official, go to the filter on the left side there, change it over to Searching for Channels, It'll pop right up, Benjamin Brook Official, and that's exactly how you can find it. Once it has been, you are getting subscribers, then it will begin to naturally pop up top on its own. So please get out there. But brother, uh, share with us about the return. Um, you know, things have gra- drastically uh, changed. It seems like every week it's more and more extreme. Uh, we're living in the most perilous, most prophetic time in human history, and uh, what has the Lord been laying on your heart, brother? Well, um, specifically, uh, a whole, an amazing amount of revelation has been coming forth, Frank. And at the same time, um, he's also spoke to me, he said, things will now move quickly. We're entering a time of fast-paced, rapid change. You know, the birth pains are going to come faster and faster. We are, we are very near the time if we're not entering it already. And Yeah, let's start with the return. I actually have a number of topics. I want to talk about this, the message of the return. I also want to talk about signs in the stars. I want to talk about the news, what's happening over in the Middle East, what's happening with Israel, and what's happening here in the United States of America. I want to talk about a season of of fire. I want to talk about the door and the porters that are absent from the church. And I want to talk about 2021 and the year of the blackjack and the year of the redemption of God. And I'd also like to touch on the fourth turning, but we're not going to have time to go into any of that in detail tonight. But I would point our listeners to my new YouTube channel because I'm going to be recording detailed programs on each of those subjects in the very near future. And you are not going to want to miss any of this. We got big things ahead of us, Frank, but let's start with the return. And this really is my return to um, Blog Talk Radio, and it's also my return to Remnant Call. But the title of the program is not about me returning. It's about the word return in the scripture. And and it's fascinating. I, I spent some time studying 
and searching out the meaning and, and the relevance of the word return, which in Hebrew is shub. It's, um, it's shin, uh, lamed, and bet, shub. And it means to turn back, to bring back home again, to recall, to mind, to come again. This word is fascinating in, in the context in which it's used. And, you know, words are alive. They've got the power of life and death in them. And so they bear seed, blessings or curses. And those seeds grow up and bear fruit after the same kind. And that fruit returns to the place of origin of the first words spoken. So words that are spoken in faith and in love and in hope bring forth fruit of righteousness and, and they bring healing to the hearer's ears in words that are spoken in criticism and harshness in death and doubt and unbelief. They bring forth a bitter harvest of briars and thorns and, and they only bring forth the seeds of the nettle, the, the prickly nettle bushes. And these two return to the dead ground from whence they came. Even as the, after the seed bears fruit after its own kind, so too do our words. And the very first place in Scripture where this word return is used is immediately following the fall and it is one of the consequences of the fall. It is part of the curse that was spoken over mankind by the Lord God. For now the flesh of man was destined to die and to return to the now cursed ground from which it came. Genesis 3.17 is the first text in which the word return is used. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, said the Lord, and in sorrow you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it will bring forth unto thee. And in the sweat of thy face you shall make and eat your bread until you return unto the cursed ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. And so the very first effect of the curse is that, that man, by disobedience, not only brought a curse upon himself and upon the generations of humanity but this man Adam also brought forth a curse that cursed even the ground and part of this curse is the death of all things of the flesh which in their time would return to their own kind and so they would return to the cursed ground and to the dust from whence we came and it's fascinating because the very first use of the word return is in the consequence of sin and death but the second use of the word is in the promise of life and salvation, where the Lord came to Abraham and brought the promise of a son. We all remember the story, Sarah was barren. Abraham had no children. And so the Lord came and visited Abraham in chapter 18 of Genesis. And he told Abraham, I will certainly return unto you according to the time of life. Your wife, Sarah, shall have a son. And so the Lord had promised a son. New life would come. And it would come and be fulfilled. This promise would be fulfilled according to the time of life itself. At the time appointed, I will return unto thee, said the Lord. And of course, Sarah laughed. Couldn't even believe such a thing could be true, because in the natural it would be impossible. And the Lord he responded and said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? And the answer is no. There's nothing too hard for God to do. But there are things which are hard for the Lord to see. And that's why he has brought forth the curse. And that's why the final judgment will come. God cannot stand to look at this any longer. But he says on Genesis 18, at the time appointed, according to the appointed times, I will return. That's a prophecy in and of itself. The end of the age shall come at the appointed time. There never was going to be a reprieve 
When you have an appointment with God, the appointment does not change. It will come at the appointed time. And in that appointed time, the Lord will come unto us. He will return to us. And we will be found, we will be weighed in the balances to see whether we have returned unto Him or whether we still have the graven images and the false idols of Babylon hidden in our hearts. But unto Abraham the Lord said, At the time appointed I will return unto you according to the time of life. And Sarah shall have a son. And then Sarah laughed, of course. And the Lord confronted her and said, You did laugh. And she denied it. And the Lord said, Nay, you did laugh. And then the men rose up from there and they looked towards Sodom. So from the promise of life, the Lord promising to return to Abraham, and the return would be along with the commitment that Sarah would bring forth, she would have a son, the son of the promise, according to the time of life. And is that not a prophecy, that the birth of the man-child will come forth according to the time of life? That the return, the visitation of the Lord will come upon us, According to the time of life, it's all prophecies fulfilled twice. These are keys to the mysteries of the kingdom. And so the Lord returned to Sodom. He returned to the place where he found things that were hard for him to see. And he responded in a judgment. The men of Sodom were reduced to the ashes. They covered the cursed ground on which they defiled both themselves and the land the land reduced to a barren wasteland never to be redeemed again. But there is a remnant that will be redeemed out of this cursed land and out of this ruined age. There's a remnant that shall return. Isaiah 10, verse 21. The remnant shall return, even the remnant of Jacob unto the mighty God. There's a remnant that is going to return to the Lord with all of their hearts going to serve their God with all of their might and love the Lord with all of their strength. They're going to turn from all of their wicked ways. They're going to burn all their graven images in the fire. And they're going to cast down all the altars that were raised up to other gods. And they're going to repent utterly from the bottom of their hearts. And they are going to seek the Lord with all of their might. And they're going to obey the Lord in fasting and in prayer and in seeking His face and in gathering in solemn assemblies. And then the Lord will hear from heaven, and the Lord will heal their land. And the Lord, when he comes in visitation, will come with a blessing for that house. But the rest of the land will receive the same rebuke of fire which God brought unto Sodom and Gomorrah. This testimony is expressed in the prophetic writings of Jeremiah 15, 51, where the Lord said to the daughter of Babylon, its cities will burn like Sodom and Gomorrah, and its citizens will fall under the sword, and in captivity, and in famine, and pestilence, violence, and unrest, peace will be taken from these people. But in the house of the remnant, their sleep will be sweet. The mighty angels of the Almighty God will stand guard over their doors. And the indignation and the desolation will pass over their homes. Amen. Even as it did in Egypt 3,500 years ago. It's fascinating. God's own words return to himself. Full of the fruit for which they were sent. Isaiah 55. As the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, returning not thither, but watering the earth, making it fruit and bud, the new life according to the promise of the Lord, to give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. So God's own words return very source from whence they came, the very heart of God. The people were also commanded to return to the Lord, but time and again they chose to do so only as a show, only with their lips, 
did they respond and falsely claim to honor him. Jeremiah 3 verse 10 testifies, Judah did not return to me with its whole heart, but in pretense, declares the Lord. The word in Hebrew is shaker. It means an untruth, a sham, deceitful, falsehood, a liar, lying vanities and wrongful things. The people did not return to the Lord in truth, but in deceit and in lies, with their sins hidden in their hearts, their idols hidden in their homes thinking they could honor the Lord in part, perform the, the requisite temple worship in the outward matters of their life while serving other God in the inner chambers of their hearts, and the Lord would have none of it. Scriptures testify against a people who return not to the Most High, but instead want a man to be their king, I think, the Christian nation of America is guilty of the same offense, many of them wearing their little red hats, hoping a man could be made king to save them from the judgment that is sure to come. Well, King Saul is dead. Those hopes are gone. There should be no question that our salvation is of the Lord, and by him only shall we be saved. Hosea also rebuked the children of Israel in chapter 7, verse 16. They return, but not to the Most High God. For they are deceitful. Their princes shall fall by the sword, and this shall be their derision in the land of their exodus. And Jeremiah, the prophet, rebukes the nation. You have refused to receive my correction, in verse 3. They've made their faces harder than rock. They have refused to return. Here the people were literally refusing the commandment of heaven to repent and turn back to God. Woe unto them, and woe unto us, if we refuse one who speaks from heaven, even in this final hour. Micah 5, verse 3, tells us what would become of them. Therefore he will give them up. He gave Israel up until the time that she which travails will bring forth the man-child of Revelation 12. Then the remnant of his brethren will return with the children of Israel. We don't want God to give us up. We want the Lord to gather us up like his little lambs. In order to do so, we must first turn unto him with all of our hearts. Joel admonishes us to repent and return to the Lord with fasting and weeping. And then he says, maybe when the Lord returns, he might repent and leave a blessing at your house. Joel 2.12. Who knows if he will repent returns unto you. Zechariah 1, verse 3, Turn ye now from all your evil ways and from all your evil doings, but they would not hear nor hearken unto me. Even the devils want to return to their houses of defilement when the evil spirits are cast out. Luke chapter 11, verse 24 declares that the evil spirits go through the dry places seeking rest and finding none, and they say, I will return unto my house where I was cast out. But we need to close the door. When the Lord's given us victory over sin, when we've had deliverance over the devils, we need to learn how to close the door, and we will talk about that a little later in this program. We're even told in the day of judgment in the scriptures, we are not to return to our own house. Luke 17, verse 31. In that day, let him who be on the housetop and his stuff in the house let him not come back down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not turn back. Now, a similar warning was given to the Christians in Germany, in Dresden, in the churches that still had the Holy Spirit. Prophets stood up and told the congregation a massive air raid was coming to the city, and the people in the church, they had to stop the service, and the people needed to flee the city immediately, and do not go home, you do not have time to go to your houses. But of course, a number of the people disobeyed the Lord, and thought they would find the time, so they went back to their house to get their stuff, and they were not able to exit the city in time. When the firebombing began, the firestorm grew so intense, the wind speed was several hundred miles an 
hour. The people were literally picked up off the ground and blown into the fire. The inferno was so hot, the asphalt was melting. The people came running out into the streets, and the asphalt was liquid. They couldn't pick their feet up. Struggling, they lost balance, and they fell into the burning sulfur. The Lord said, don't go back to your house. He meant, don't go back to your house. Don't go back to your sin. Don't go back to the places where the enemy has defeated you time and time again. Even in this final hour, there's time and space to repent. But this time and space will not last long, my friends. If today you hear his voice, do not Turn away your hearts from him who speaks to you from heaven. Answer heaven's cry. Turn back to the Lord. Following the fall of Babylon, the people will all turn back to all of their places of origin. They'll all flee to their own land. Jeremiah 50, verse 16. For fear of the oppressing sword, they shall turn and return everyone to his own people, and they shall flee everyone to his own land. That will not offer much safety. The judgment that begins with the fall of America, Babylon, will quickly sweep the whole earth. Malachi testifies of this day in chapter 4, verse 1, For behold, the day comes that will burn as an oven, and all of the proud, yes, and all that do wickedly, they shall become stubble, says the Lord. On that day they, sh- they shall come and be burned on by fire, saith the Lord. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So even the final ministry of the two witnesses, one of whom will fulfill the prophecy of the coming of Elijah, even as John the Baptist fulfilled the prophecy in the first coming, as the forerunner of Jesus in his first coming, so too the, the two true prophets who come at the end will fulfill the ministry of Elijah in the second coming. And their ministry will be to turn the people's hearts back to the families that have been shattered, back to the hearts of the children that have forsaken their fathers, back to the homes that have been divided where a man's enemies have now become the members of his own household. And the Lord wants to restore the families, unless he says, I come and smite the earth with a curse. So it's time for all of us to return and, and take these matters seriously, Frank. And, and it's great to be back. It's great for me to return to Remnant Call. And, and it's, it's fun to be back on the program with you. I'm Amen, brother. To the rest of the teaching. I got a few more things to share, and let's get to it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want to give you a little bit of insight into how to understand the the images that are in that video, and it comes from the cover of the Economist, Economist magazine, which is also on the top uh, of that. I guess it's the thumbprint for that video, and. On the cover of the Economist magazine, which represents their forecast for the year 2021, we found a picture of a slot machine, a gambling machine, a game we all know is rigged and controlled by a computer chip. And the coin slot on the cover of this slot machine says, insert stimulus funds to play. So if the international bankers keep inserting more stimulus coins, we can all keep playing. But as soon as they stop inserting stimulus money into the system, well, it's going to be game over. And no one can play anymore. So the first message is when the stimulus is turned off, the game ends. I trust most people can see that this system, our financial system that's spiraling out of control, is in fact designed to crash. I would assume most People that are watching and paying attention can see that. So if the deep state wants to keep the plate spinning a few more years by inserting more stimulus funds, then who will they blame for the crash? 
people they blame the socialism of the new reset order they're planning to impose no they they want to be able to blame somebody else which would mean they're they're motivated to bring the crash sooner than later that way they can blame the collapse of our current system on the coronavirus or capitalism or America Frank, I'm getting a ton of background noise through your mic. I don't know. Maybe you might want to mute on your side. I don't know. I've got my side muted. I don't think it's me, brother. Wow, that's crazy. Okay, well, let me continue then. Somehow I'm getting, I'm hearing a ton. Anyway, we can edit that out of the the final program. So the, the deep state has every reason to bring the crash sooner than later. Back to the cryptic message on the cover of The Economist magazine uh, of what lies ahead in the year ending in 21. Well, everybody knows that in order to win in slots, you need a 777 to appear on the display. And when it does, you get a jackpot, right, Frank? It's called jackpot. Yes. And, you know, have you ever wondered why they call it a jackpot? And what's up with the jack? Well, it, it has to do with another popular betting game in, in casino land, which also takes 21 to win. That game is called Black Jack. And, of course, the Jack card is actually the Prince card in the deck. You've got the King, the Queen, and the Jack, or the Prince. And so Jack is actually a nickname for a prince. So the cryptic message of the game, Blackjack, is actually a game played by the Black Prince, or the Antichrist. And the message on the cover of the magazine is the Antichrist is going to win in 21. He's going to take the jackpot this year. That's at least what they have planned. Looking from a biblical perspective, the year that ends in March of 2021, using the biblical calendar or the Chaldean calendar, is the end of the 70th year of America Babylon, rule over the nation. The 70 years will be accomplished. The word in Hebrew actually means expired or completed. And so the 70th year will expire or be completed come March of 2021. The evidence or the scriptural support for this reference is in Jeremiah chapter 5, chapter 25, verse 12. And you know, we've done detailed studies on this. I won't, I won't belabor those points again here tonight in the interest of our brief time together. But America's 70th year is ending. And our world is changing radically right before our eyes and come Nissan in the spring of 2021 a new year will be upon us the year is about to be completed and the black prince plans to take his jackpot this year from us so I mentioned to you I would talk to you a little bit about the door this is something that is actually important you might want to listen to this more than once even take some notes. Be sure you remember this carefully. My first uh, first reference is from the book of Matthew, chapter 10, verses 16 to 18. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents, yet harmless as doves. But beware of men. They will deliver you up to the councils. They will scourge you in their synagogues. And you shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Jesus admonished his followers to be wise as serpents. But how many of us have taken this commandment to heart? The Greek word used in this text for wise is phronimos. It's 5429 in the Strong's. It means to be thoughtful and discreet to be cautious in character, at the same time to be practical 
in using common sense to be intelligent, careful, and wise. These are the characteristics of the serpent, who is our enemy. They are discreet, never unveiling their true identity or their true objective. They are also very cautious, not wanting to scare or alert the sheep. So they proceed very slowly, cautiously, and quietly, preferring to slip in among us unseen and unidentified. They are also very practical. At the same time, they are cunning and wise. Their plans developed over a millennium, while their deceptions most carefully spun. The church over the last few decades has been anything but wise. If we wish to follow the Master's admonition, we must first discover the truth. And the truth is most of us have never even stopped to consider what it means to walk with wisdom. For the most part, the average American Christian is a simpleton and very sophomoric in their thinking, taking almost everything at face value. Well, he said he was a Christian, or she said she was a remnant. Well, the Lord warned us many would come in his name and deceive the many. The Greek word is polis. And you've heard me say time and again, this means the vast majority. Perhaps 97% would be a good picture. The Lord told us many false prophets would come. Nowhere in Scripture did the Lord tell us many true prophets would be coming to speak to you or that the majority of people who claim to believe in Jesus' name would in fact be born-again Christians. No, the scripture tells us the exact opposite, that many would be deceived, many would come with false pretense, many deceivers would come. The scripture does reveal that there are two true witnesses who will come forth at the very end of the age, and they will prophesy, but their prophecy will be against the nation and to the remnant as a community. And they will bear a true testimony at the very end of time. Now, of course, this is a return of the, the prophecy of the coming of Elijah. And once again, it will be fulfilled even as it was in the time of John, where John came in the office and the power of Elijah. So too another will come in this age, in this time. He too will come in the power and in the office of Elijah. But nowhere are we told there would be this massive prophetic movement full of all of these these sort of like uh, fortune cookie prophets. This whole thing is a sham. Yet in spite of Jesus' warnings, the church accepted the false prophetic movement without question. The Lord also warned us that only those who enter the sheepfold through the door, which is Jesus, should be permitted in. In his teaching, he stated, only to them should the porter or the doorman open. I'm quoting from John chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. The key word in this text is that there's supposed to be a porter guarding the door. And the porter is only supposed to open the sheepfold to the ones who are sent by the shepherd. That word for porter in the scriptures is thoros. It's the strong's number 2377, and it means a watchman, a gate warden, or one who keeps watch at the door. If there's one tragedy in this last hour that is common to all evangelical churches is that they generally have no one watching the door. There's no warden or watchman at the door. Every meeting, every event, every prayer group is open to whatever or whoever wishes to simply walk, slouch, or crawl right in. And so they did. 
the children of the devil walk right in and set up shop for the Prince of Darkness, joining the women's group, the prayer team, and maybe the nursery ministry. And most of the church couldn't even discern that they were among us at that time. These servants of darkness would then stand up and roar from within the assembly with their false prophecies and their false words. And oh, they loved to lay hands on the people so they could transfer the evil spirits. And the elders and the leadership were turned a blind eye to all of this. I'm sure some of you have remembered the day, or you've maybe you've even seen this in, in recent times, where a pastor would stand up and say, let's all lay hands on each other. Yeah, well, you know, forget putting on a mask. That's worthless. But don't cough in each other's mouth, for goodness sakes. Nowhere in Scripture is there any biblical basis for the body general to lay hands on one another. It's a great way to get spiritual viruses transferred. The elders are to lay hands on those who need healing and deliverance. But this church without wisdom is a church without porters. It's a church without watchmen. And it's a church without a brain. They didn't even bother to read the, the writings of the New Covenant. So the enemy was left literally to police themselves in the midst of the assembly. And so the house of God was burned to the ground in the spirit, reduced to ashes, while the lives of the people were defiled, while in most churches nobody noticed a thing. This must change in all of our lives. If we are to be restored, and if we want to survive the time that is ahead, we must learn to train our minds and our hearts to walk and use wisdom. We must learn to test all things, except nothing is truth until it has been confirmed by two or more witnesses. You can't go off of, well, they said they were a Christian, or she said she was a remnant. That means nothing. If you accept on face value the representations of people in this final hour, you stand a good chance of getting you and your family killed. You accept nothing until it has been confirmed. If the pastors would have merely taught this one principle of biblical truth 30 to 40 years ago, lives would have been saved. But we were too busy in Christian Disneyland. We were too busy enjoying the, the laughter and the gaiety of the Laodicean nation for anybody to take serious the admonitions of the Savior. But the enemy that is working diligently 24 hours a day to kill and steal and destroy us, they are a real threat. We have to take heed. We must learn to test all things. Assume Nothing. People ask you to commit to something. You tell them you have to pray about it first. You tell them you have to talk to your husband. You need to pray with your wife about this. You don't enter into any covenants with anyone until you've heard from the Lord. And you don't disclose anything to anyone until you've heard from the Lord. And you don't have any new friends now either until they've been confirmed by the Lord. No new friends. Loose lips will sink more than ships this time. We've got to wise up, folks. I don't know how many of you guys have uh, maybe paid attention to the news today <laughs> or the news in the last few days. But they're going to be coming for the Christians and the patriots and the conservatives. You know, we're going to get more than booted off YouTube. It's going to be a dangerous time for us. We have got to take these things that the Lord told us seriously and, and take heed as if your life depends on it because it surely does. You need to test all things except nothing is truth until it has been confirmed by two or more witnesses and do not receive those personal prophecies. I can tell you the truth. And the Lord told me he was sending me to his people. Said, I'm going to send you to my people and I want you to tell them the truth. So that was my direction. I can tell you the truth. I have heard the voice of God, not as easily or clearly these days, of great hindrance in the in the second heaven. But with prayer and fasting we can break through. But 
I have heard directly from the Lord for real. And I can count on one hand the number of times in 40 years, 50 years of being a spirit-filled believer. I can count on one hand, okay, maybe I need another finger or two. The number of times the Lord has told me, I want you to tell Shannon thus and so, or I want you to tell someone else thus and so, almost never happens. I don't unpack other people's mail. If God wants to speak to you, he's going to speak to you through the scriptures, through a dream or a vision, which you better seriously pray through. Don't just sit there and fancifully try to interpret your dream. You commit it to prayer and fasting to be sure you confirm that it really came from the Lord, that it wasn't from the enemy, and it wasn't from pizza, and that you got a proper interpretation so you can follow your instructions. The Lord speaks to us through the scriptures first and foremost, and then he speaks to us in our hearts, through our spirit. And to a few, he says, he'll speak an actual word or two. But don't be looking to other people to hear from God for you. That will get you nowhere but in trouble. You get in your prayer closet. You get together with your family. You fast and pray. And if you're not fasting and praying on some disciplined, regular basis today, I don't know why you're listening to this program. You're wasting your time. Because if you're not fasting and praying, you're not getting anywhere in the Spirit today. Amen to that. We must stop looking to men, and we must stop feeding the flesh. And we must train ourselves in our prayer closets to hear directly from the Lord. You know, right now, I just found this out today, Frank, I don't know if you caught the email, that we've just, everybody's been so busy today, but I just found out today that there's a comet streaking right through the horns of Capricorn, and it's named Benjamin. I've never, never heard of a comet named with my name, but I thought, wow, that's, that's different. <laughs> the, the very day that God's got me coming back on this program and others. I'll be on Coast to Coast AM with George Norrie Sunday night. For those of you that want to tune in live, 10 o'clock Pacific, syndicated on 700 radio stations across America, Coast to Coast AM, or you can catch it on, on the archives in the days that follow. The Lord's returning me to the public uh, radio waves in a rather big way, and, and here's this comet blazing across the sky through the very horns of Capricorn. I thought I would touch just for a minute on the meaning of what's happening because there's a number of planets that are also coming into conjunction in Capricorn right now. And, and uh, it is quite serious what is in the sky. Now, this is a little precursor, and this is a the subject of the message of the stars will be the, the topic of um, much more detailed teaching message that will be on our new YouTube channel. But I'm just going to cover a few things quickly in the time that remains. When you look at the message of the Maseroth, and I'm not talking astrology, okay, that's just a big satanic counterfeit. Satan does not own the stars, you guys. The stars are the property of the Lord God Almighty. And the Lord actually named the stars. He says so himself in the book of Genesis. He let Adam name the animals, God named the stars in the heavens, and they tell the story of the plan of God, the plan of salvation, the ministry of the Messiah, the struggle, the battle, and ultimately the redemption of the remnant, and the triumph and the victory and the reward that the Lord will receive for his faithful services to the Father in saving his people. And Satan created this whole astrology thing, satanic counterfeit it's all he's got is a counterfeit of everything one of his motives was so the church wouldn't look to see the meaning in the stars and so we're the generation that no longer knows our signs that's in Psalm 74 we no longer see our signs nor do any of us have a clue of how long but the time for you to work O Lord has come The day is thine. The day of the Lord is his, and that day has come. Well, the first, there's 12 
constellations that are part of the biblical message, the Maseroth and the stars, they divide into three groups of four. The first group deals with the Messiah, with his person, his work, and his triumph as our glorious Redeemer. The second group of four reveals the nature of his people, the fruit of his work, the calling of faith, and the condition and the destiny of his people, who were spiritually born again in him and made partakers of the heavenly kingdom. And so Capricorn is the first of this second group of signs. It appears at the winter solstice, and it rules the heavens during the dead of winter, which is the season of death. It's also known as the house of the kings. It is the goat that dies, literally drowning into the sea, only to be reborn as a fish with a new nature. It represents our death to self and our being born again as a new creation, but having to literally experience and, and submit to the crucifixion of our natural fleshly desires, the denial of ourselves, the picking up of our cross. None of this best life now deception that has so corrupted and blinded the Laodicean nation the reality that each of us have been called to bear our own cross and to also come to the Lord with a sacrifice. Jesus gave the sacrifice that would atone for our sins, but we too must present our lives a living sacrifice to, to participate and to receive all of the inheritance of the new covenant. We must put off the sin nature of the flesh. And so Capricorn, the goat, it's the corn that falls to the ground and dies. It's the king's corn. Unless that seed of corn falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it dies, it will then bring forth great fruit. And so this image of the fifth constellation, the Capricorn, is the image of both a goat that is dying, that has been slain, and also a fish that is about to be reborn. And the horns on the goat represent the horns of the power of the flesh. And these are the horns of death and despair. And that is exactly where this comet is passing right now. And America is about to pass through the horns of death and despair. And all the people of the, of the world, the Goy, are hoping to go back to normal. They're not. They're headed right into the valley of decision, and then uh, they're going to be hung up on the horns of death and despair. If they don't find the Lord, they are doomed for eternity. This Capricorn appearing at the winter solstice represents the death of the old nature, the season of death. The names of its stars in Hebrew are the cut-off one, the sacrifice that is slain, and the atonement of the elect completed as their sin nature, the sin nature of the redeemed, disappears into the sea. There are three deacons for each major constellation. They expand the meaning of the message of each of these symbols. In the case of Capricorn, the three deacons are the arrow, the fallen eagle, and a fish leaping out of the water. And the first is the arrow. It's called Sagata. This is a kill shot that appears naked alone in the heavens. It's the arrow of heavenly justice. But he who shoots it is invisible. This is a death-inflicting instrument. The execution meets its mark, and so the goat is falling down dying. The sin nature is dying. Humanity is dying. Our world is dying. And these are the arrows of Psalm 38, which have found their mark in the body of the mysterious sufferer. I'll read 38, a couple verses. O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy displeasure, for thy arrow sticks fast in me. There's no soundness in my flesh because of thy anger. My iniquities have gone over my head. My burden is too heavy for me. My wounds stink. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. My loins are filled with a loathsome disease. There is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken, and I roar by reason of the disquietness of my heart. This is the arrow that has found its mark in the sacrifice that has now been inflicted with a death instrument. The execution meets its mark, and so the goat is falling down, dying. 
wounding the flesh and his bones, completely overwhelming the sufferer. He's troubled and bowed down under a crushing burden. His heart pants, his strength failing, the lights of his eyes are fading out. Divine grace prepared the arrow, and the wrath of God released it against a blameless one. But he, being found in the, companies of, in the company of sinners, in the, in the house of his friends, holy vengeance could not even spare his own son. So the piercing and the slaying was done, and Jesus laid himself down on that holy hill. And so too will all who desire to follow him in his narrow way, they too will pick up a cross of the down themselves. They too will present their life a living offering, a living sacrifice. At a time appointed, this arrow of death will be launched yet again from heaven's throne into the heart of the flesh in every soul the Messiah is redeeming. The second constellation, second deacon, is the pierced eagle. What a picture of our nation, too. This is a constellation of an eagle that has been pierced and wounded with an arrow striking its heart. It's wounded and it's falling. It's upside down, headed to the ground. Another metaphor of the grain of wheat falling to the ground and dying. The principal star of the eagle constellation is Altair, which means the wounded one. The second star is Alcair, and it means the crimson colored one, stained with the color of blood. The third star, Tararid, means the one who was torn, the one who was wounded in the heel. And then the fourth, or the third constellation is the dolphin. And this is the picture of the first fruits springing up out of the earth in the time of the latter rain, which is perhaps soon to come, brothers and sisters. I dare say, if we are still in our homes watching the entertainment of Babylon, we have heard nothing, and we see nothing of the truth of this time. Those who can hear the whisper of the Spirit of God in the breeze, the whispering words of the Lord in the wind, have already been told to turn off the entertainment of Babylon, gather together in times of solemn assembly, appoint times of discipline, fasting, and prayer, search your hearts, get on your face before your God, Fast and pray until your fasting and prayer has produced weeping for your sin and for the nation whose judgment draws near, for your neighbors and your friends who are about to pass into a Christless eternity. Damned. Damnation. Everlasting. Darkness. It's incomprehensible what is coming. And yet we're all in such a hurry scarcely have the time to pray. It's as if none of us can hear. It's as if none of us can see. And the scripture testifies against us. Who is as blind as my servant, saith the Lord? And who is as deaf as the servants that I have been speaking to, saith the Lord? We've been with child, oh yes birth of the man-child draws near. Like a woman with child, we are drawing near the time. And so we have been with child in the Lord's eyes, in his sight. And yet we have brought forth only wind. And we have not brought any deliverance in the earth. Neither have the inhabitants of the world been changed by us. The church has not changed the world. The world has changed the church. That's the reason for the commandment in Isaiah 26. Come, my people, enter into thy chambers, shut thy doors about thee, and hide thyself as it were for a moment of time, until the indignation is overpassed. And in this nation, you will see the indignation soon enough, my friend. For behold, the Lord is about to come out of his place, and he's about to begin the punishment of the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The cup of their iniquity is now full, and so the earth will no more disclose her blood. The crimson tide will cover the landscape. 
and the earth will no more cover her slain. And in that day, the Lord with a great and mighty sword will punish the serpent that had ruled in the sea of humanity. Oh, in that day, the Lord will protect his vineyard. Fury is not in our God in dealing with his own children. He will set the briars and thorns on fire, but he will protect that which is his. And let them take hold of my strength, says the Lord, that they may make peace with me, and they shall make peace with me, saith your God. And in measure, by this is the iniquity of the people of God purged. In measure, when it shoots forth, when that arrow comes forth, and when he shoots you, when that arrow of judgment, that arrow, that arrow of disquietness, the arrow of disability, the arrow of pain and sorrow, and our first reaction is to debate with it. And only through this is our house made clean. Our first reaction is to argue, to debate, to run away from, to come, to somehow save ourselves from the judgment God has sent into our life to save us from our sin. Well, we need to stop running, quiet ourselves, enter our prayer closets, and do business with heaven. Make peace with the King. I think if we could hear the Lord clearly, we would find many of us will receive a personal rebuke from the Master. But as many as I love, I rebuke, saith the Lord. So if God's rebuking you, that is good. He doesn't speak to his enemies. They have been prepared for destruction. But to his own children who are walking in error, even in deception, as many as I love, I rebuke, saith the Lord. So thank God for his judgments and his rebuke in our lives. Hallelujah. Well, we've come to the end of the time, and I am not even able to touch half of what I wanted to talk to. But you guys, uh, look for me on Benjamin Brook Official, and look for me on Coast to Coast Radio on Sunday night. And frankly, Amen. Praise God, Hallelujah. yes. Hallelujah. Benjamin, I'm going to ask you to just stay on after the close of this program here with me, brother. And uh, folks, you need to get over there, subscribe. Uh, Benjamin, this has been a long time in the coming um, it's kind of difficult where he's located, uh, not with the internet access necessarily, but uh, God has other ways of getting this now forward. So we're thankful uh, to be able to have a place where Benjamin can can get these uh, teachings, studies out uh, in a form that is uh, not only quickly, but in a form that's understandable. And that's a, a big problem with a lot of teachings today is is a lack of clarity. And so that is one thing Benjamin has been blessed with from the Lord, and that's clarity. And so we thank you for that. Folks, as a last thing, though, if you've not read Benjamin's books um, on Search the Scriptures, you don't know what you're missing. And uh, you need to go out there and get them. This is not a channel you know, Remnant Call. We don't ask for money. We don't sell stuff. But if there's a good book out there, I'm not afraid to recommend it. Those books are amazing. You need to get out there and read them. It's not because you're going to put money into Benjamin's pocket. That's the last thing he needs is money from the sales. Because I'll tell you right now, he produced them in himself. It's not a money maker, but it is a life saver. Those books will point you back to the Lord, to the one who does the savings, and you don't want to miss that. Brother, thank you so much for coming on tonight. We'll look forward to hearing from you and hearing um, on Coast to Coast AM. Praise God. Uh, and, and listen, if you've never heard, there was an old interview by Art Bell uh he did with Benjamin years ago. Uh, I remember Benjamin Art Bell said you were the guy he was always looking for. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, yeah, that was a pretty good program, I guess. Yeah, praise God. He because he'd he'd heard all these kooks and crazies. I'm not saying about everybody, but finally Benjamin, I remember got on there years ago, and he was like, "You're the guy I've actually been looking for from all these years." And uh, so praise God for that. And uh, praise the Lord. Brother, God bless you, folks. Please check out Brother Benjamin on his new YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube, type in Benjamin Brook Official. Switch from searching for people down under the filter. Go to channels. You'll find it, Benjamin Brook Official. 
subscribe there. This is Brother Frank and Brother Benjamin on the Remnant Call. Stand everybody good night and shalom. <laughs>